0: Welcome to the Water and Stone Podcast. You are listening to episode number 160. Our Sunday worship service for April 12th, 2020 is risen. It is the sixth and final in the series, The Life. It is also our Easter celebration service. It's time for your Easter morning. It's time for new awareness, new freedom, and new life. So our scripture today is Mark 16, 6, and 7. And he said to them, do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Here we are, everybody. This is, uh, this is the culmination of the whole thing. This is, this is that Easter morning moment. You've heard that piece of scripture and the reflections of it and the other gospels over and over again, maybe all your life. You know something about the story and you know how big a deal this is. Every other miracle in some way or another is leading up to this one. Every other thing that Jesus said in some way or another is leading up to this moment. And as the angel said in the tomb, just as he told you, as if to say, this is, this is part of the program. This is part of the plan. And I, I know that it doesn't always feel that way. And maybe sometimes in life we can imagine what it was like to go to that place in, in resignation. And in knowing that, that he was dead. And find something surprising. Maybe we know what that's like and in some small way. This is a time to have that in mind. I think it's really important to think about what the angel was saying when they went there and there's nothing in the tomb and all of a sudden there's this guy in a white robe. And what does that mean and and what's happening? And I love the fact that it's easy to gloss over that because reading the story, we kind of know what's going to happen. I mean, there have been spoilers on the internet. We kind of know what's going to happen next. But put yourself in that frame of mind where you show up and then... There's this, this surprise. So the angel says, Guys, here's the deal. I know who you were looking for. And it's interesting if you think about it that he goes through sort of the, the data. He says, You were looking for Jesus, his human name. He didn't say you were looking for the Christ. You were looking for Jesus of Nazareth. You were looking for this guy, and here's the town, you know, here's his hometown, all the data. He was crucified, he died. It really happened. And that's important. I think that so often when we have something bad happen to us, when we go through some kind of a a problem, some kind of a challenge, I, I think that there are people in life who mean well, but they'll say, oh, that's not real. That didn't really happen. That's an illusion. That's all pretend. But here's the angel saying, no, this happened, guys. He died. And you can decide to stop there. I think acknowledging what really happened is a good step. But there's a next step you can decide to stop there in that moment. But here's the deal. Here's the whole Easter message. He died, and he lived. And at the end of the day, you get to decide which one is more important to you, which one you fixate on. And maybe that seems like a no-brainer. I mean, obviously, we want to think about life, but, but think about your own responses to things. Think about people you know, people you love, people you're praying about, thinking about the whole thing. There are lots of people who fixate on the death part, on the bad news, on the glass being half empty, on all of the problems and all of the struggle. There are those people, and I don't know, maybe you've been a person like this. I can think of times in my life when I have. There are people who don't really celebrate the victory as much as they talk about all the work that it took to get there hey, you got a new job. Yeah, it was such a, such a slog to make that old boss happy and do all those things, and I'm just so tired of the whole thing. Well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? I think if you think about it, you've heard all kinds of stories like that. So I ask again, what do you fixate on? What's the thing that gets your attention? Is it the life or is it the death? This is a big deal, not just in our own lives. This is a big deal, theologically speaking, too, because when you think about it, it is easy to fixate on the death part, on the suffering part, on the torture part, on the sacrifice part. But, you know, it doesn't even make sense chronologically, right? Because here's all these things that happen. Here's Good Friday and the crucifixion. And then there's more to the story. Chronologically, it makes sense to focus on the life part, right? We get that. And as you've heard me say before, if you know me at all, fixating on the death part, fixating on the crucifixion part, fixating on the suffering part, whether it's in his story or in ours, is a little bit like walking out halfway through a movie or halfway through a game. But like I said, you've heard me say that before, so let me say that differently. There's somebody in your life, maybe more than one somebody, that you're thinking about and praying about right now. There's somebody who's going through some kind of struggle, some kind of challenge, some kind of an opportunity to heal and rise above and all of that. You're going to give up on them? You write them off? Of course you don't. You're a good friend, you're a good partner, a good family member, a good whatever it is you are to them, ultimately fellow child of God, right? You don't give up on somebody because you just know That sooner or later, and it might take them a couple of go rounds, but sooner or later, they're going to get through it. They're going to rise above. They're going to have what it takes. If you can't see that, then maybe you need to work on your friendship skills, right? If there's somebody that you love in one way or another, you are going to see them victorious. You're not going to give up on your vision of them, right? Because that's what friends do. Is it so much to ask that we do that for ourselves? Don't fixate on the death part, the sacrifice part, the crucifixion part of your story. Be a friend to you. Would you do it for Jesus, you know? Can we see Jesus not just on the cross, but alive? Because we know the story. Would you do it for the amount of room you let God have in your life? You know what I mean? That's the deal. Would you let God have a little bit more room in your life? Is it okay to not sell yourself short? Is it okay to not walk out on yourself, so to speak? Give yourself room for there to be a victorious end to the story. Otherwise, man, it ain't the end, you know? And I think that's why in the things that the angel says to them in the tomb, among the words that he says are perhaps the four most important words words in the whole Bible. I mean it. The four most important words, at least they're up there in the top 10. Those words are, do not be amazed. It's easy to have that just go by because the angel is kind of saying, okay, calm down. I know you were looking for Jesus and there was a big switcheroo, but that's not the whole deal. Because remember, Jesus has been telling everybody, this is how this works. Remember, the overarching Easter message is that life wins. And so, why is this a surprise? Do not be amazed is not just a matter of him saying, calm down, guys. This is a matter of saying, if you want your miracles, this is the thing to remember. If you want your miracles, stop being surprised when something works. Because here's the deal, God is awesome, God is beautiful, God is life itself, love itself, and everything else, and right here. But one thing God is not is surprising. It's like being surprised at gravity. If you are surprised when God shows up in your life, you've made less room for God. That's just the deal, guys. God's not amazing, And the moment we stop being amazed that God showed up in our lives, the moment we stop being amazed that life wins, the moment we stop being amazed and start understanding that there's other ways to feel, amazing things happen, beautiful things happen, not surprising things. So be grateful, be delighted, celebrated, be thrilled by it, but man, stop being surprised by it because God is here, that's the promise. And you know what, that's the fulfillment look at your life you're here so I mean so far so good don't be don't be amazed at this anymore I remember when I was a kid I I'm I'm dating myself perhaps you are old enough to remember this it was on tv and it was a big deal if not I'm sure it's on youtube somewhere google is your friend there was a magician named David Copperfield, no relation to the Dickens character. There was a magician named David Copperfield, and he'd go on TV and do these amazing stunts and make a Sherman tank disappear and, you know, whatever, you, th- that kind of thing, before David Blaine and all that. And he had a big deal. When I was a kid, I remember watching, he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Remember that? And it was a big deal, he got this crowd of people up on a skyscraper somewhere in New York and you could see the Statue of Liberty there and there were helicopters flying around with their searchlights and there was a guy on a radar screen watching the Statue of Liberty and the whole deal, it was such a big production as you'd expect. And then they put a curtain up so the people there and we watching at home couldn't see. And he said, you know, Alakazam and made a big speech about how it's about liberty and it's a symbol of welcoming other people in and how beautiful the whole thing and how we have to be vigilant about it because it's easy to forget. Kind of great speech. And then after this, hocus pocus happens. The curtain drops and the statue of liberty is gone. And there's the helicopters where the searchlights beaming through the place where the statue used to be and all of that. And my favorite part is the camera pans over to the radar guy and he turns and says, it's gone. This guy must have gotten paid for that gig. It was great. But as a little kid, even then, I, really, I, I couldn't help thinking how amazing it was that we were seeing something that was magic And we knew it was magic not because something showed up, think about this with me, but because something was gone. Even as a kid, I thought, wow, that's amazing because when you think about your life and you think about most people's lives, as a kid, I just wanted something to happen. I wanted something to arrive. I want to be big. I want to learn things. I want to move out of this house. I want to do something, make something, see something arrive in my life. I want something to be produced. And you know what? That's a feeling that doesn't necessarily go away when you hit 18, right? There's a lot of people that are spending all of their time marking their self-esteem, their spiritual progress, you name it, their success by how much stuff have you had arrive in your life? Did you get the promotion? Did you get the raise? Do you have the Maserati? Did you do the thing? Do other people think you're cool? Whatever it is. So often people mark their progress by something showing up. And here's this magic trick, the Statue of Liberty, We know it's magic not because something showed up, but because something isn't there anymore. Something amazing about that switch. And think about it with me. If God is always here, maybe it shouldn't be a surprise when he's here. Maybe we should be looking for something different. Now, I'm a Floridian. If you're watching this, you probably are too. I know this broadcast goes on all over the country, but... For the moment, you're a Floridian, and us Floridians know what it's like when the hurricane is gone. You know, there's that moment when you find out that the all clear has been sounded, so to speak, The uh, Duke Energy has put the power back on, the things have happened, and everybody kind of emerges from their cocoons, and it's an Easter morning kind of a vibe. There's this this moment when everybody walks out, and you kind of look around, and you go, wow, we did a thing. And you look around and you see that some signs have blown over or some trees have fallen down and and there is evidence everywhere of the storm, of the wind, of that thing that you can't see because you can't see air. Now, I'm telling you that because even if you're not a Floridian, you know as well as I do that before too long, we are all going to be able to leave our houses and think about this thing that we couldn't see that we see evidence of. And that's kind of amazing. Because when you think about it, there are some things in life that are just too big to be processed by your eyeballs. There's just too big to fit in between your ears. There are things that are just too big. We can't see them when we're there. We only know because of the footprints that they leave on our hearts, the fingerprint prints that they leave in our lives. How do you know when you're in love? You can't see love. You measure love by the fact that something's gone. My, my fear is gone. My worry is gone. This thing is not here anymore. That's how you know when something big has shown up in your life. Let me say it differently. If it can be measured, it's probably not that big a deal. How much did the car cost? Who cares? Sometimes we measure our success by the thing that has gone away. Let's change gears and and, and think about things on those terms. Because when you really think about it, you realize that There are fingerprints and footprints of the divine everywhere in our lives. There are moments upon moments upon moments where something that you thought was important is gone and it became proof that you know what, I lived through this thing. When you think about it, your life is full of empty crosses and empty tombs and life wins your life wins. Why don't we start looking there instead of trying to make stuff show up? Because here's the deal. If you look around with the right eyes, you realize that God has been here all along. And so I tell you again, the most amazing thing you can do to participate in Easter morning is do not be amazed. I think in some ways that's the central message that the angel gives to us and to them. It's the the big deal. And when you think about the Bible stories that you know, there's always a moment in there somewhere where it doesn't look like it's gonna work out. There's often at least that that time when there's no proof, there's no evidence, there is no reason to believe that anything is gonna work, and yet there's always some presence, whether it's the angel in the tomb or a still small voice or some kind of a knowing, some kind of a moment, there's always that guiding voice When everything feels like it's in transition, when everything feels like it's in flux, when there's no bedrock, there is always at least that single point, that single voice, something stable that says, you know what? Don't be amazed. I told you how this was going to go. Don't you know who you are? Stop being surprised at who you are. And over and over again, that presence, that angelic presence, that still small voice shows up in our Bible stories. And when you think about it, it's the thing that happens in all of the stories that we celebrate. They all come from the same place. Over and over again, there's one person who believes it can be done. There's one solution and we go for it. There's one thing. And I tell you that, and we love that, because it's the truth about us. Think about your life, I mean, sometimes you don't see it in the moment, sometimes in those moments when everything seems hopeless, you don't know it's there then, but if you look back at your life, at those stories, those struggles, those victories, those good Fridays of your life, you look back and you go, oh wait a minute, how come I didn't realize that that one person believed in me, how come I didn't remember that I had a hundred dollar bill in an old pocket of a coat somewhere, how come I didn't know that thing happened? And you've got not just one version of this, but many versions of this over and over again in your life. And like I said, it might be hard hard to see in the moment, but I guarantee you, if you look hard enough, there is one voice, one moment, one point of light and life and stability that is there for you. So here's your job. Look for it. Here's your job, learn how to see with those eyes, learn how to listen with those ears. Your job is to find that one thing that says it can be done and I get it, I know that in some ways culturally we're kinda conditioned to believe that you're supposed to look for bad news because that makes you wise or worldly or something boring. You're supposed to look for the the bad thing because then you won't be surprised if it happens. But you know what? That's not how life works. Because here's the deal. If you fixate on death or you fixate on life, either way, you'll be right. It's not just a matter of glasses half full, half empty optimism. Your vision is creative because what you allow in is how much room you allow for God to happen in your life. So if you only leave room for learning the hard way, for example, well, you're going to get a lot of those kind of lessons. Yes, sometimes people are conditioned to believe that looking for bad news is somehow wise or something, but you got a choice. So here's the deal. When times feel tough, look around for that one voice It's there. That one idea, it's there. That one light, it is shining. And make that thing, your mantra, make that the thing you pay attention to instead of all of the ways that you can fail and perish and suffer. Look for the one way that you can live. I promise it's there. If you know where to look, it's there. I mean, that's the message of Easter. The message is that life wins. And like I said, every single miracle, every single story, every single teaching, everywhere else in the Bible, is just a signpost to that amazing day, that thing that happened, where life wins. Every small healing, if you extend it out to its logical uh, possibility, it's Easter morning. Every demonstration of prosperity is really a demonstration of life. Every moment where someone heard the truth and the truth set them free, it was a moment of life. That's the message all the time. And so if you wanna participate, in Easter, if you want this to not just be a story that we trot out once a year when somebody gets lilies and we all put on ties or whatever, if you want this to be not just a historical thing and not just a cultural observance, but if you want Easter to live in your heart, if that's really what you want in this moment, then be the kind of person who really hears that life wins message and be the kind of person who realizes that life is not just possible Move your possible to probable and move your probable to certain. Life is not just possible. Life is probable and life is not just probable. Life is certain. Life wins. Yeah, life finds a way. You are proof of it each and every moment because that's the thing, man. Easter Sunday isn't just once. Sunday comes along every week. And when you look at your life, you realize that there are countless little moments of life happening, countless little resurrections. You have been through this. You have been in that cave before, and you have come out again. That stone has been rolled away. Be the kind of person for whom resurrection is a way of life, for whom life is a way of life. That's what's on the table. Sometimes people think about Easter as the end of some kind of journey, but the truth is your life is a series of Easter morning beginnings. Like I said, over and over again, there are empty tombs in your life. Over and over again, there are empty crosses in your life. You get to decide what that means to you. But I gotta tell you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're thinking about and praying for and hoping for, the thing I need you to know is all those years ago, that tomb was empty, he lived. So there's nothing that you can tell me that that can scare me anymore. There's nothing you can tell me that can hold me back anymore because he lived. Maybe it's time for us to live as well. That's what we're talking about. That cross is empty. So who shall we fear? That's what we're talking about. The trick is don't be amazed anymore. Of course God shows up in your life. Of course, there is some one idea that we can look for and listen to and follow. And the angel said to them, he's waiting for you in Galilee. He told you he'd be there. What are you waiting for? That miracle you've been waiting for has been waiting for you in Galilee too. And you know the story. You know the deal. The disciples eventually show up once they get over themselves. They show up in Galilee. And you know what Jesus does next? He says, okay, guys, finally, I suppose you're wondering why I've called you all here. It's time to go out in the world and make a difference. That's what happens in Galilee. Go teach somebody. Go show somebody. You want to participate in Easter morning? Don't be amazed. Look for one good idea. And go tell somebody that life wins. Go show somebody that love is the deal. Go set somebody free. Because after all, and especially this morning, freedom is a choice. Thank you.